are tuned in to CFCR 90.5 FM, it's time for the nerdy news. It's Punch Radio, and you have Jody and Dave in the studio. Hello, Saskatoon. <laughs> Hello. And you will hear from Hank and Craig and Brennan. There's lots on the plate today. Craig and Hank are talking about Saltburn, and they're talking about Ricky Gervais, his new stand-up special, and he's. they're also going to touch on Dave Chappelle, which we will touch on after they talk about it first, and we'll give you our take on it. Uh, and Brennan is talking about Aquaman, too. So, again, representing Whoa. for the crew, making sure that the uh, DC cinema universe is getting some play. Okay. So, this is very exciting. But we're going to start with a couple of comics. Now, new stuff that came out this week. I was so excited when I saw this. Marvel Meow. So it's written, and the art is by Now Fuji. It's pretty much the only thing they've done. They did a Meow story in Black Cat number two, which came out in August of 2019. I gotta say, I was a little disappointed. Like, it, Well, we should tell people what this is first. Okay, so if you've heard us talk about or you've read It's Jeff, It's Jeff is an all-ages comic very little dialogue. Most of it is like through the eyes of a cute little shark who is friends with all the animals and people in the Marvel Universe. And you get little stories that are either like one page or maybe up to four pages at the most. So you get a jam-packed issue that has a ton of stories in it. And they're clever and they're cute and they're little jokes and it's quite adorable and it has a style all its own. And I really, really like it's Jeff. This is the same idea. Yeah, it's in the same vein, for sure. But it's sure. all the cats in the Marvel Universe. So you get, you know, the cats that... Well, I thought it was really interesting because you get Loki, who is, like, his form is a cat. He's not really a cat, but he's taking the form of the cat to, like, play with the other cats. But you get, like, Rogue and Gambit's cats, and you get Black Cat's cats, and you get... Marvel, Captain Marvel's Flurkin, which is like looks like a cat but isn't actually a cat. Black Widow's cat and Winter Soldier's cat. So you get a whole bunch of different cats, and there's some dogs in there too. And uh, Jeff, a little bit. And you get a little bit of Jeff as well. But I just thought that the storytelling was not as good. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, you really have to be in the right mood for this. You have to love cats, obviously. Yeah. But you have to love Marvel, too, because there's a lot of inside jokes. Yes. With, like, you know, what does it look like when a cat is around somebody who has this superpower? Right. And um, So, like, Cyclops, he's got the laser eye, and the cats are, like, chasing the lasers. So that's kind of cute or whatever. But there's just, there was a lot in it that didn't add up for me. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I think maybe I liked it a little bit more because it's just trying to be cute and funny and it's not like really trying to dig too deep. And uh, I also saw a number one on the cover. So does mm. that mean there's going to be more of these? I hope so. Like this is the first one they've ever done. Okay, I disagree again then because I sort of think like I don't hope so. Like, And I liked it more than you, which is weird. But like I feel like this would be a cute thing to do once. Yeah, I would like to see something done better. Okay. Like... You know, some actual adventure, uh, maybe just some pinups, some cute pictures. It would be enough for me. Yeah. Well, they were smart to put Spider-Man on the cover. They were. Well, that's the that's the variant cover because I thought it was really cute. Okay. Captain Marvel's on the main cover. That's okay too. It's also cute. They're all good covers. They're it's it's fun. It's it'll be good for kids, especially if they're cat lovers. But it lacked substance. Yeah, and it's also like about a three-minute read. 
Yeah, it's very, so. very quick. Okay, the next book that I read, also Disappointment. This is also a number one. This is Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, Beware the Zombie of 2099. So for those who didn't read the Spider-Man 2099 series, it came out in 1992, I believe, and it was created by Peter David and Rick Leonardi. And I'm not a big... Spider-Man 2099 person to start with. So I'm giving it a chance, but yeah. I also don't really like zombies, so that didn't help it. But the premise is that basically we're in 2099 and there's been this kind of zombie thing, infection that's in the barrio and they've managed to contain it and Blade and Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099 pair up to go in there and try to solve it because Spider-Man 2099's mom got infected and they need to fix her and they need to stop this before it infects the rest of the world. So this is not Peter Parker? This is not Peter Parker. This is a completely different Spider-Man in the future and he is an Irish-Mexican geneticist. Mm. Does he get bit by a spy, radioactive spider? No, it's more complicated that he gets this raised by spiders. Maybe? No, no, it's like he got infected with this like drug, and then they used this other thing that had like spider blood in it to counter the effects of the the. Anyways, does he sling webs? Ah, uh, he does have like web stuff, but it's mostly he's strong and stuff. Okay. Anyways, it wasn't my bag. I didn't love it. I'm not gonna continue with this, but I hope. Other people do, and maybe they can turn me back onto it because I was disappointed. Okay. So, that. That's too bad. That's too bad. But that's okay. You know, every week can't be game-busting great stuff. If we gave raves to everything, our opinions would be worth nothing. That is also true. Okay, good point. All right, well, let's get some other people's opinions. Let's hear from Craig and Hank about Saltburn and Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle. And let's hear about Brennan and his experience going to Aquaman 2. So take it away, fellas. Hey, everybody. It's Craig Sullivan on Punch Radio on CFCR 90.5 FM. And wow, Happy New Year, I guess. It's a new year. And I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Hank Cruz. Hank Cruz. Happy New you know, Year. No, happy new year to you. You're looking great today. I feel like I'm I'm disgusting. I've eaten too many butter tarts and drank too much bourbon. I had to go back to work or they would have just found a bourbon soaked corpse covered in butter tart crumbs. So uh I'm saying hey, you know what? Thankfully like, it's if, radio if you because you gotta go, at least you smell good, you know? That's true. That's true. I smell like bourbon and butter tarts, but mm. thankfully it's radio because I'm all like, no one look at me. I'm disgusting. But I did watch and read and saw and heard a lot of stuff uh, over the uh, holidays there, as I'm sure you did too. And I know we both saw a movie that's kind of taking off right now called Saltburn. And oh, yeah. it stars Barry Keoghan, or Keoghan, as some people pronounce it, and Jacob Elordi, who is, uh, well, I mean, two upcoming actors, really. Jacob uh, Alordi was Elvis in Priscilla, and he's on the show Euphoria that I really enjoy. And Barry plays a student at Oxford who's like a poorer student and, uh, of course, surrounded by rich kids. And he is asked uh, by Jacob Alordi to come to the family home of Saltburn for the summer uh, when he realizes that Barry has no place to go. 
And so it starts out feeling like this sort of Jane Austen-y, cruel intentions, ever so many romantic misunderstandings kind of thing is about to happen. And it takes a sharp, some sharp turns from there, let's just say. Now, I think we have to be very careful discussing this because I think <laughs> parts of it that are just like, people really need to see this film to believe it. But first of all, you know, what did you think? So I will say that I watched the first uh, 17 minutes of the movie. And then I was like, there are so many things to watch out there. And I had a list of so many because I'm still trying to, like you are, come up with the best movies, you know, of 2023 because there's still a few I haven't seen yet. Trying to get through that. So I'm like, forget this movie. I went on to something else. Then I got a text from our good buddy, Mike, who was like, hey, did you watch this? And I said, salt burn. I made it 17 minutes. It's boring. I don't want to see it. And he's like, oh, how about you go back and then finish the movie and then let me know what you think. And I'm like, well, if he said so. So I went back and I'm like, you know what? Uh, there, There's an example of a few times where it's like, you just got to give the movie a chance. And uh, then it turned out to be uh, what I think one of the best movies that I saw. Uh, I don't know how to even talk about it without spoiling a lot of stuff, but it's, uh, I didn't know much about the movie. I thought it was going to be kind of a, kind of a comedy drama or something. I didn't realize that it was like a dark thriller that yet yeah, some of those turns you talked about were super sharp, like razor sharp, like, yeah. wow. And I, uh, things I, I didn't see coming. And the best performance of the year by an actor, uh, the lead guy there, I think he should win an award because he was fantastic. Everybody should watch the movie, but get through the first 17 minutes. Yeah, I would say, I would use words like bonkers, mm -hmm. uh, gross vulgar in a good way though like i mean weird all these things in a good way i mean if you don't like those kind of movies if you don't like vulgar things you know then you're not going to like this movie at all to be honest but like again i don't want vibes like uh like single white female like uh talented mr ripley like uh it was uh just uh, this guy he becomes so uh, it's a tale of obsession and how obsessed he gets with this guy and it's uh well oh, oh my god but it's good. and it's it's just so over the top. And so here's a couple of things. So <laughs> I am very torn on this movie. I think it would have been probably one of the best movies I'd seen all year, like probably in my top one, two, three, if not for the fact that and again, I don't want to give anything away, but the story often it, it doesn't really make sense. It kind of collapses under its own weight. And that's a problem for me. But like. I still recommend that people watch it if they're into, like if they can handle the vulgarity of it because it's a lot of fun. My, my other question is like some of these things that I keep referring to as bonkers or over the top or vulgar, I have to believe that these are camp, that like they know that this is so bonkers. Like they're not being straight faced about it, right? The filmmakers, right? You, you, would, you would think so. Okay, but, good. Uh, but but the lead, like the character, you know, like he's he is bonkers, like the character. So you're like, well, you know, I could see. Uh, but a few of the things that uh, that are bonkers lead to some of the themes uh, in in the movie that really just put it all on display. That I'm like, yeah, okay, let's see where they're going. I uh, and the the ending I thought could have been just a tiny bit better in uh more just we do all this blah 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 and all this blah, blah, get to the end okay and here's exactly what happened bam 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 the end and you're like well i knew that but yeah all right yeah exactly i just i don't think it made sense i don't think they had enough i think it could have easily made sense but they didn't and maybe you and i'll have to talk off mic about this in specific because <laughs> uh, i don't want to ruin it but i do think though it's worth people watching and i do think it's going to be a big conversation piece in the next like month or so uh, I know they're already selling like, and this will only make sense if you've seen the movie, but they're selling Jacob Elordi bathtub water candles and stuff like that. So it's 
uh, pretty funny stuff. But anyway, so I think you really liked it. I am torn on it. I really loved some of it and I really hated sort of parts of it or whatever but definitely worth i think we're both saying it's worth checking out for sure oh yeah you got to check it out even just so you can talk about it with your friends yeah yeah and and it's funny too it's a funny movie uh so the other thing speaking of funny that uh, both of us have seen uh in the last couple of days is the new ricky gervais uh stand-up special armageddon on netflix you know i i am a big fan of ricky gervais i have been for many years he just to me is very funny very smart and I, I have things to say about the special, but what, what did you think about it? I went into the special thinking that it was going to be typical Ricky. And guess what? He delivered typical Ricky. Yeah. And I loved it, but I thought it was good. And it's exactly what I expected. He went out, did his thing. And uh, I'm like, there you go. That's exactly what I wanted. It was a good hour. And I'm like, I laughed. A lot of the stuff made sense. What I like is that... Uh, he is uh, knowledgeable in uh, many things, so he's not just going out and uh, like other comedians and punching down to some people and stuff. There's uh, actual reasoning behind many of his jokes, and uh, there was a point, an overall theme there, too, that I thought was pretty good, and uh, uh, it's exactly what I wanted. Uh, like, I wasn't surprised by anything, but I, but I laughed. I thought it was good. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's really good. You know, not every joke necessarily lands, but that's the same with any special. And there was a few parts where I was like in tears. I was laughing so hard. And I do <laughs> love the fact that he he will say some crazy stuff, but he is always making the grander point that it's a joke and that like this is how jokes are constructed. And you don't have to, you know, you, he's playing a character, the comedian that is telling a joke that may be offensive to some people. But, you know, explaining that, like, you know, this is a joke and this is how jokes work and, and blah, blah, blah. He, I'm not articulating it near as well as he mm-hmm. can. Uh, but that's the whole point, like. that he's like, I get up on stage. You have paid to see the character Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And that's what you're getting right now. Yeah. But it's and, like, this isn't me as a person, because as a person, I don't think this. And I wouldn't be out on the street saying these things. And it's like, but as the character Ricky up here that you paid for, yep. So I can say these jokes and you can't like, OMG, like you can't get a like, oh, my God, don't get offended. That's not me. I'm yeah, just here to tell you the jokes. Exactly. Like, so, oh, my God. Uh, worth checking out if you like that kind of thing. Now, you got about a minute left. Uh, I didn't see this one, but you saw the new Dave Chappelle special as well. And, you know, I would say that is almost the opposite of Ricky, where now I feel that Dave uh, thinks he has to go out and on purpose punch down. Totally. Because that because that's what people are paying for. And now it's gone from where I thought he was really smart and really to where now it's like, oh, I've got to write these jokes to go out because that's what people want to hear. And so he's like, oh, I'm switching from making fun of trans people now to go after the disabled. And so he starts doing jokes about uh, disabled people, which, wow. But again, if you don't want that kind of comedy, don't watch the special. Turn it off. He's a character up on a stage telling some offensive jokes. I didn't like it uh, very much because it was, and he even said, some people call me a lazy comedian. I'm like, well, because everything you just did was lazy. There's no thought behind most of it. And now I feel bad because I think he thinks that's what people want now. And that's the only thing he can do. And so. he used to be so smart. Like he used to yeah. be a really sociological comedian, even on Chappelle show and stuff. And I think that is the difference because Gervais has some handicapped jokes as well. But again, really, most of that is a front for him to discuss the idea of jokes and what's behind them. Like there's a whole extra layer going on there that Gervais is practicing that 
Chappelle isn't anymore. And I agree. I haven't no. even like I will watch this one probably, but I'm like with it's, you. It's, but it's like it, it's all it was almost disappointing where you're like, yeah, some of the stuff is funny. And you're like, I know that he's just saying these like he doesn't think this stuff. But he's just like, but it was weak. And I'm like, really, man, really? And it's like, but that's what the people want. And that's why it gets paid the millions of dollars. So yeah, exactly. So. Give the people what they want. Yeah. That's our time for today. We got to throw back to Jody here, but uh, we will come back at you next week. Have a good week. Hello, Punch listeners. It is Brennan one more time here with information to help make you better, improve your intelligence, and make you have a better life. That's right. Here at Punch Radio, we are here to improve your life. Now, right now, we have a special on-the-spot interview. That's right. We are live at location at an undisclosed theater that might not be a sponsor to CFCR, so I don't know if I can say where we are. So the echo sound you hear is real. This is real sound effects as we talk about the movie that we have just seen. So right now, I just came out of Aquaman 2. That's right, Aquaman 2. And today, I have a very special guest. A guest so special, she will not use her real name. So we have made an alias. Her name is Barbara. And Barbara watched Aquaman 2, The Lost Kingdom, with me tonight. First of all, Barbara, please say hello to our Punch Radio listeners. Hello. Oh, perfect. Now, the reason Barbara came to Aquaman 2, when I saw the first Aquaman by myself, I did not enjoy it. In fact, I thought it was a really bad movie. But then I thought, am I just being too harsh to Aquaman? Poor Aquaman. So I called my friend Barbara... And I said, you need to come see Aquaman to help me see if it's as bad as I think. And Barbara said, you want me... Oh, actually, so Barbara said in her own voice... You want me to see a movie that you think sucks. And I said, yes. Yes, I do. To be my barometer to see if Aquaman was as bad as I thought. So I saw it twice in the theater. Now, we came and saw Aquaman 2. We just finished a time of recording within the first week. So we haven't read reviews, we haven't been tainted by any press or anything. And even before I talk about the movie itself, or before Barbara talks about it in extensive lengths, as she has many notes, and wants to say many things, I made a comment watching the movie that did they only have enough money for Born to be Wild? Born to be Wild is prevalent in this movie. And as I was watching the credits, waiting for the, like, the closing credit scene, which, by the way, there is a one, so don't bother, I noticed something interesting. It had the, the clip that said, uh, official soundtrack on Water Tower Music. Can you guess? Actually, no, Barbara was not here. Barbara, can you guess how many songs are on the official Aquaman 2 soundtrack? Three? Oh, actually, now, keep in mind, most soundtracks have 12 to 20 songs. Thank you for failing that immensely. This one has five. Five songs, but two of them are born to be wild. One is the original, and one is the remix. So, that, that's pretty close. That is a summary of the movie. If you want to watch not a lot of concepts, repeated a lot, that you've probably seen before, then Aquaman 2 is the movie that you would like. At the end, I thought if I was like 10 or 12 and had never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark or Temple of Doom, I'd probably think this movie was, like, pretty good, but I have. So that's all i got to say. Barbara, what are your thoughts on Aquaman 2, The Lost Kingdom? I know there's a lot of dead air, and dead air is not good for radio, but... Uh, we, we can edit that out, so it's fine. Oh, I was going to make it into the point. There's not a lot to say about this movie. <laughs> 
I mean, it tried, maybe. I didn't like it. Uh, is there any one point about it you didn't like? If out of the plethora of things you could say, what is like one point that maybe brought the experience down for you? Probably the use of the digital animated hair. There was, <laughs> now keep in mind, for the budget of the movie, uh, probably a lot of it was spent on the CGI hair to make it look wavy underwater. Totally, I felt like I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be funny, if it was supposed to be actiony. Actually, there, were, there was one joke I liked, and now I can't think of what it was. And the very first fight scene with Aquaman and uh, the uh, Sea Master, whatever his name is, and uh, Black Manta, the very beginning, the three of them, when there's just like the three of them actually battling that before it got preposterous for that five or ten seconds, that was kind of cool. And after that, it was a lot of CGI, a lot of big effects, and my eyes got tired, really. Well, I mean, like it also felt like it didn't really, I mean, it didn't really seem like it knew what kind of movie it was going to be, right? It felt lost somehow. Like a lost kingdom? Possibly. Oh, look at the segue. You know, buffets are good, but not for a movie. There you go. Uh, with our last remaining seconds, Barbara, any, any closing words for our Punch Radio listeners? Don't see it. <laughs> no thumb up, just don't see it. There you go. There you go, my friends. If you're going to go see Aquaman 2, go ahead at your own peril. And this is Brennan saying, I'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon. Okay. Thank you very much. We had a different feel on the Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle new specials than I think Hank and Craig did. Yeah, we can chime in on that quick. I think we certainly can. I Okay, so for both of them, I was disappointed. They weren't as solid as previous specials have been. Agreed. Liked them, despite being disappointed by the standards yeah. these comics have set in the past. And I feel like maybe they don't need to put out a special every year. Like I the... think that's kind of the problem is that stand-up and Netflix, it's super lucrative now. And it's it's super easy to do compared to... I'm not saying being stand-up's easy, but like compared to like what you would have had to do 10 years ago as a successful stand-up comic to make that kind of money. Yeah, but like it's the material. Like they've had a whole year... To write some new material. Yeah, and but it doesn't it, feel like it. Yeah, it's just kind of weak. Particularly the Chappelle one. Yeah. Uh, like right at the beginning of it, he references like a, a bit he did maybe almost a decade ago about Juicy Smoulier, aka Jussie Smollett, yeah. the guy who like fabricated a racist attack for whatever reason, attention maybe, yeah. and got caught doing it. He, he references, he does a little callback to the Chappelle fans about, you know, Juicy Smoulier. And it just got me excited because it was that was one of my favorite bits. And then after we watched this hour, I went back and watched that six-minute bit. And there was as much good writing in that six-minute bit as there was in this whole special. Yes. like it, he, There were so many little nuances to the way he told that. And so many little turns. You could see he developed that bit for a while. Yeah. And neither one of these new specials felt developed. In fact, the Ricky Gervais one, one of the kind of inside jokes that's running through the whole thing is that he's still working out some of this material. So he kind of gives himself like a safety net for if some of the jokes don't work. Right. And his whole thing is if the joke doesn't really work, then he just laughs harder at it. 
Right. And, I mean, you know, they're still entertaining. They're still funny. We laughed watching both of these specials, but definitely, like, a, a one-and-done. We, we, we won't go back and watch these again. No, they need more time. I think sometimes jokes need more time to develop, like a fine wine. And these were just uncorked too soon. And if we're going to be really honest... Dave Chappelle's just talking about himself too much. He is. He's not talking about anything that isn't directly related to not his life, but his work and his fame and his job of being a comic. And that's really hard for most of us who aren't comedians to relate to. I sort of felt like, okay, he's got this new logo where it's like the C for Chappelle and it's got like, you know, red and green on the bottom. And it looks a lot like the Sabaro logo. And that I thought actually was a good metaphor for it because Italian food is delicious and it can be the peak of your culinary experience. But Sabaro has distilled it to the lowest common denominator so that it will appeal to the masses. And that's sort of how I felt about this Chappelle special is that he, like Hank said, he's almost anticipating that people are expecting him to punch down and so he is doing it deliberately and it's dumb like it's not the intelligent repertoire that we're used to yeah we're we're even though we laughed at it we're hitting we're hitting on it pretty hard we we're, are. we're punching up on it pretty hard because <laughs> dave Chappelle is you know in a in a realm above us but yeah i even noticed because i'm a really big fan of his and have watched certain favorite routines many many times there's even like a familiar cadence mm-hmm. that he's going back to where it almost he almost is starting to sound like a Chappelle bot yeah delivering a, a routine and there's a certain stage where he gets this sort of goofy yeah and anticipatory he laughs at his own jokes and he like bangs his mic he kind of yeah yeah and then there's the like okay i'm about to get serious now folks as a comic in all seriousness yes you know and it's like are you it feels like a it feels like a little bit of self-parody sometimes. It does. And like quite often he'll finish the special that he's doing with some words of wisdom. And here he really tries and he talks about being a dreamer and, you know, how anyone can be a dreamer. And yeah, there, you know, it just didn't, it rang false. Yeah, it, fell, it fell flat. It really did. And I, I'm a guy who can be inspired by one of those Dave Chappelle, yeah. like, uh, final thoughts. Yes. But not this time. But not this time. All right, well, we talked too much about Dave, so you're going to have to wait and hear our Dave's review of Poor Things. Maybe by then I'll have seen it as well. It's a Yorgos Lanthimos film that's been out for a week and a half, so yeah, the fact that you haven't seen it. But, I know. Uh, you know, I noticed the boys didn't talk about Ferrari, nope. so maybe we can beat them to the punch on that one. Okay, we'll go to the movie theater this weekend. Sounds like a good thing to do. And if you're looking for something to watch, you can always watch punch tv on youtube you can check out all our episodes on there uh you can either find them at punch yxe or there is a full playlist on the amazing stories youtube channel as well so do that and in the meantime keep your dukes off